It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Game one of the Stanley Cup final is in the books, and oh, what a thriller it was. We will break it all down for you, plus... Our local experts examine and rank the top 20 players in the Stanley Cup final. Do you agree or not? It's all coming up on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And hello, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin sitting in today as our usual Thursday host, Chris Maselli, Adam Danker. Their teams are in the Stanley Cup final, so uh, I'm taking over for today. Happy to sub in for them. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Lots to talk about on today's show. But first, let's get things started with Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final. Hard to believe Game 1 already in the books. And, you know, I guess when the Cup Final really begins, it sort of sinks in that uh, this season is almost completely over and that the offseason is not far behind. But, you know, if we're going to go through hockey withdrawal, uh, this Series got off to a start that tells me we're probably going to see some incredible hockey before it's all over. You know, so often you see game one of a a playoff series, especially Stanley Cup final, so much uh, hyped before the series starts and so much anticipation, and then it doesn't live up to the billing. Well, this game one lived up to the billing, and then some, and I got to say, both teams at different times and in different ways during this game, one, impressed. And if this is the way these two teams are going to play in this series, it's going to be a dandy. I predicted before the series started that it would be the Lightning in seven. I'm not necessarily changing that prediction, but boy, oh boy. Uh, did these two teams go at each other for what ended up being 61 minutes and 23 seconds before the Avalanche ended up with the 4-3 to three overtime win. And, you know, the first surprise to me, going into this game and going into this series, the one area that we all anticipated that the Lightning had a distinct advantage in was goaltending. They've got Andre Vasilevsky, won the Conn Smythe Trophy a year ago, has led them to two straight Stanley Cups, is without question considered one of the best two or three goalies in the league, if not the best goalie in the league, 
by most experts. And then, you know, you have Darcy Kemper in goal right now for the Avs, and he was back and healthy enough to play in game one. But, you know, even when he's healthy, if you were to compare, you know, which team has the advantage in goal, the Avs with Kemper or the Lightning with Vasilevsky, you got to go with Vasilevsky, and it's not even terribly close. And yet, in the first period, early on, about uh, maybe a minute 40 seconds apart, give or take, Vasilevsky lets in two soft goals. And that is the last thing you expect from an experienced goalie on the biggest stage in the NHL. You know, you had the Landeskog goal and then the Nechuskin goal coming not very far apart. And all of a sudden, you're like, wow, the the, the strongest part of the Lightning's game, and there are many strengths to what Tampa Bay brings to the table, but the strongest part of their game all of a sudden isn't showing up. And yet, to his credit, Vasilevsky comes back, and it's almost like that ace starting pitcher in baseball where sometimes if you get to that pitcher early in the first inning before he settles down, you can get him for two or three runs early. It was the same with Vasilevsky. He gave up the two soft goals, two goals early that he definitely should have had, that you know, 99% of the time he's going to stop shots like that. And then he really kind of shut things down more or less for the majority of the remaining 50 minutes of the game, didn't give up any more softies and really played well. You know, you look at the final shots on goal in this game and Colorado had 38, Tampa Bay had only 23. So Vasilevsky making 34 saves and the last two goals he gave up, especially the overtime game winner, can't say that uh, those were his fault in any way, shape, or form. Now, credit to the Tampa Bay Lightning because they fell behind early 2 to nothing. You're on the road. Here's where you see the experience that the Lightning have, the fact that they are back-to-back Stanley Cup champions, that they've been there and done that. A lot of teams, you fall behind 2 to nothing on the road in a big game, and the air comes out of the tires. And you, you, you sit there and you say, okay, this is not our night. We're not going to win. Uh, you, you know, just doesn't feel right. And they don't really mount that comeback. That's not what happened with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Three minutes, three seconds after the Nechuskin goal made it 2 nothing, Nick Paul scores to get Tampa Bay on the board and all of a sudden it's two to one and we have a whole new hockey game. Then late in the period, the power play gets going for the for excuse me, for the Colorado Avalanche, a tripping call on first Sergachev, then Sorelli. You have the five on three and they cash in. Uh, Letkinen scores the power play goal. 3-1 to one Colorado after one period. But to their credit, 
back come the bolts. And in the second period, it was really more of Tampa Bay's style of play. You had goals by Palat and Sergachev, and you could sense the momentum changing. You know, those goals were less than a minute apart. They came just past the midway point of the period, and all of a sudden, the tide had turned, and this game is even, where it just seemed in the first period, Colorado had the early lead. They were up 2 to nothing, 3-1. to one. They were in control of the game. They were playing the tempo and style that they wanted to play. Tampa Bay said no, no mas. Came back, played very well, got the game even, and really sort of scratched and clawed their way. Vasilevsky played well, and you had the two quick goals, and all of a sudden, you're heading into the third period, and it's anybody's hockey game. Now, one other thing I wanted to touch on, uh, the physicality in this game very, very impressive. Just a lot of hits. Eric Johnson of Colorado had six hits. Darren Helm, 10 hits in 15 minutes and seven seconds for Colorado. Meanwhile, on the other side of things, six hits for Sergachev to lead Tampa Bay, but Alex Kamorn had five. Pat Maroon had five. Uh, these two teams went at it. They were physical, and it really was, by the time he got into the third period, it had settled down to become a very tight, very exciting game with quality chances on both sides. We've got more to get to on today's episode. We will continue to discuss Game 1, plus our local experts ranked the top 20 players in this Stanley Cup Final We'll go over the list, see if you agree, if I agree, because I have some uh, questions about it. So all that and more still to come on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Built Bar. You know how Built is always coming out with new amazing flavors? Well, this time, Built has truly outdone themselves with their new mud pie flavor. And for the first time... Built is introducing the new mud pie flavor in both a mud pie bar and mud pie puffs. Not sure what mud pie tastes like? Well, if you're a chocolate fan, you better sit down for this one. The new mud pie bar is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. I'm getting hungry just reading this thing. I mean, you've got to try Mud Pie as soon as possible, and you need to hurry because the Mud Pie Bar and Mud Pie Puff are only available for a limited time. Visit Built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. Not convinced? Well, we saved the best for last. It's actually good for you. No, really. All Built products are low in calories, high in protein, and low in sugar. Mud Pie is packed with 16 grams of protein, only 150 calories, and just 8 grams of sugar. It's like your mom baked the most deliciously creamy chocolate mud pie and wrapped it up just for you. And look, what's great about it, all Built Bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good 
and is good for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you can get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here, and let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. So there was no scoring in the third period. But again, you know, both teams had their chances. I think the Avalanche had a few more quality scoring chances. Part of that was they were at home. They had the last change. They had some of the lineup matchups that they wanted. Part of it was, I think, that they are a little bit of a faster team, especially on defense with guys like Kale McCarr and Devon Taves. So overall, I think most of this game, with the exception of you know parts of or, or the majority of the second period, but most of this game was played in the tempo that the Avalanche would have preferred. And, you know, if you're the Lightning, you don't want to be giving up 38 shots on goal in a game. So nobody ends up scoring late in the third period, however. A delay of game call on Pat Maroon. He lifted the puck over the glass, didn't deflect off a player or the boards or anything else. And with a minute 24 left in regulation, Colorado gets a power play. Credit to the Lightning. They kill it off. It carries over into overtime. But just a minute 23 into the overtime, Andre Burakovsky gets the game winner. Uh, There was a turnover at center ice. Then the puck deflected. And when Burakovsky got the puck on his stick, can't blame the goaltender at all because Vasilevsky was over to the right side of his crease. And when the puck deflected and was quickly passed to the right side, if you're an avalanche player, so the left side of the goal, that's where all of a sudden... You have Burakovsky there, and the half of the net is just wide open. No chance for Vasilevsky to get back and cover that side of the goal. And it is a game winner, 4-3, the final score in favor of the Avalanche. And just an exciting game all the way around. And credit to both of these teams for playing very entertaining hockey. Uh, But the uh, Avalanche get game one. Gabriel Landeskog, a goal and an assist. Nichuskin, a goal and an assist. Two assists for Mikko Rantanen. And then, of course, Andre Barakovsky with the game-winning goal in this one. What a thrill it was. Interestingly enough, by the way, the line of Letkinen, Helm, and O'Connor, all minuses for the Avalanche. 
uh, Lekkinen and Hell minus two, O'Connor a minus one. Every other player on the Avalanche was uh, at least even, except for defenseman Eric Johnson. He was also a minus one. But I'll tell you, if this game is the portent of things to come, we're in for one heck of a series. I, I predicted this series would go seven games, and I'm sticking with that pick. All right, so our local experts have their top 20 players in the Stanley Cup Final. I'm going to put that up for those of you on YouTube. You can look at that graphic right now. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting because you look at the way this is. I'll start at the bottom, the bottom five. Uh, the two goaltenders, Kemper and Francouz of, uh, of Colorado, 16th and 17th on this list. I would have thought there would be a little more separation between them and that Kemper would be a little bit higher. But I think overall, the fact that there are so many talented players on this list uh, is the reason why they're so low down. And then the uncertainty as to whether Kemper would play and if so, how effectively. Our game one goal scorer, Andre Burkowski, he is uh, 18th, Ross Colton of the Lightning, 19th, and Bowen Byram is 20th on this list. Anthony Sorelli was 15th, just to close out the, the 15 through 20 list on this countdown. Uh, as far as 11 through 15, uh, Devon Taves of Colorado, 11, Corey Perry in the 12 spot from the Lightning, and then... Uh, you had Nechuskin and Letkinen uh, at 13 and 14 from the Avs, and then from the Bolts, Sorelli, uh, as I mentioned, in the 15th spot. So, uh, you know, to me, I think Corey Perry at this stage in his career, way too high at 12. I, I just think he's a little further down on this list, again, at this stage in his career. Is he still a very good player? Yes. Would I think he's the 12th best player in the Stanley Cup Final? No. Devon Taves at the 11 spot. Well, you know, Taves, uh, a quality defenseman. And I think the fact that opposing teams have to account for Kale McCarr first makes Taves, who's a very good player on his own, even more effective. When we return, we will go over the top 10 on this list top 20 players in the Stanley Cup final. So we've got more to get to right here on the Locked On NHL podcast. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. 
We have an important favor to ask you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcasts. So go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey, and thanks for your help. So, continuing the list, and uh, those of you on YouTube, I'm putting it back up. Uh, number six, Victor Hedman, Miko Rantanen, seven, Braden Point, eight, Gabriel Landeskog, nine, Andre Palat, ten. To me, Landeskog being nine is way too low. Uh, I, I just can't see him being that far down. Yeah, I know he missed time because of injuries this year. No question that his final statistics, you know, he wasn't a 40-goal scorer like he would have been had he been healthy all year. But to me, Landeskog should be higher on this list, as should Victor Hedman. Uh, I, I, I just think Hedman is such a great two-way player and, uh, you know, contributes offensively, is big, physical, sound both positionally on defense and good at physically taking opposing players out of the play, clearing them away from his crease. Uh, Hedman, to me, should be higher than sixth on this list. And then the top five, Steven Stamkos at five, Nikita Kucherov at four, Andre Vasilevsky at three, and then the top two, both from the Avalanche, Nathan McKinnon at two, and Kale McCarr at one. And it is hard for me to disagree with McCarr as the number one. Uh, I might look to switch Vasilevsky up to two just because I think goaltending is so, so critical in the playoffs and Vasilevsky is one of the biggest reasons that the Tampa Bay Lightning are playing for their chance to be the first team to three-peat in the NHL since the New York Islanders did it back in 1980, 81, 82, and 83. They won four straight. Nobody, not even the great Gretzky teams in Edmonton in the 80s, has won three straight since that Islanders dynasty team in Tampa Bay. Four wins away from a chance to do that. And to me, Vasilevsky, even though he gave up those two soft goals in game one, he is, I think, right now, the best goalie in hockey, and he should be higher than being ranked number three. Now, again, not to take anything away from Nathan McKinnon, uh, I think he's outstanding. Look, you're in the Stanley Cup final. These top 20 players, you know, there are so many great players. Teams don't reach the Stanley Cup final without having a deep and talented roster. And these two teams are no exception. And one of the reasons that I was so enthused about this matchup, to me, if you want an entertaining Stanley Cup final, I, I don't know if there would be a matchup that would have been better. Yeah, the New York Rangers would have been a great story. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers would have been a great story. No Canadian team has won the Cup since 1993. 
and you got so many great players on that team, you know, your dry sidles and your McDavid's, but top to bottom, looking at these rosters, when you combine talent, depth, experience, Colorado and Tampa Bay, to me, probably as good a matchup as you were going to get. And I, as a hockey fan and as a, a someone who covers the game of hockey, someone who's been watching hockey longer than I'll even care to admit, but I, I do go back to the to the days of Bobby Orr and then the Broad Street Bullies as far as when I started watching this game. Uh, this is the matchup that I, as a hockey fan, without any skin in the game, really want to see. And you've got a Tampa Bay Lightning team that is trying to make history by three-peating and a Colorado Avalanche team that is trying to overcome the disappointment of winning a couple of President's Trophies and being a favorite and then falling short in the playoffs and now has been as dominant as any team through the first three rounds of the playoffs and are gunning for their first Stanley Cup since, I think it was 2001. So a lot at stake here. A very exciting series. It's going to be a good one. And here we at Locked On NHL will have it all for you. So make sure you stay with us. In fact, I will be back on Friday along with Rachel Donner as we continue to cover this series. And we'll talk some more about some of the coaching hires that have been made and and all the latest news from around the league. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL Podcast. I'm Gil Martin. Uh, Thanks uh, for joining me today, and hopefully Adam and Chris will be back next Thursday in their regular spot. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL Podcast. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL Podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL Podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.